0: Welcome to the Hillside Podcast. We trust that you'll be impacted by listening to today's message. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you the cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. I might be reading a bit fast here. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Huh? Oh, that, that was a chunk. Catch my breath there. But what a beautiful scripture, hey? And we get to just jump into it a little bit this morning. So let's. I'm, I'm going to just going through this. I'm going to jump between two different translations. I'm going to jump between the ESV and the Passion Translation, which I absolutely love because it communicates beautifully the love that God has for us. Okay. So verse 11. Since we are, since we are those who stand in holy awe of the Lord, we make it our passion to persuade others to turn to him. Passion Translation um, translates the word which was the fear of the Lord. That Greek word is called, get this pronounced phobos. Is that right, all you Greek people, scholars? Phobos. It is translated, it's often used um, and translated dread or fear, but the the classic use of it is holy awe. Is God fearful? Is He scary? Or is He just, just absolute reverence and in ho- complete awe of who He is and what He's done and doing and wants? We don't, we don't, we don't try to persuade people to an angry God, right? That's not going to work out. When we persuade people to a good, loving Father... Who, who, who lavishes his love in every single blessing he has upon us. Is that right? So that makes going out and loving people a little more easy, because we're not trying to convince them, you know, God is this great guy, He's a little angry with you, but, you know, no. God is deeply in love with you. And he, meet, he meets you where you are at. He sent his son to step into humanity, take on our sinful nature, die our death, raise us up with him in Christ, and reconcile us to himself. Amen. Hey? That's, that is a good, that is the gospel. That is good news. Okay. Amen. Yeah? We can, I say this every time, but we can never, uh, uh, we can never overestimate God's goodness. And I think we, I think we don't give Jesus as much credit as is due. He is far greater and far better than we have ever imagined. And this is our life we spend exploring the depths of Jesus Christ, of who He is and what He has done. John, uh, one John, four eighteen. We know love. Never brings fear. Love casts out fear. Hey, so we we are pointing people to the goodness of God, and when we understand that God is good, we can't help but tell people. Okay. Going back to verse eleven, um, but what we I, and this part. This part is good. But what we are is known to God. And I hope it is also known to your conscience. We, we are fully exposed to God. God knows every single thing about us. How scary would it be if... Here's something. <laughs> Close your eyes. Picture yourself naked. Okay. Now, every single thing exposed to the, a person in front of you. Now, imagine... A God who is judgmental, vengeful, angry, and looking for every spot and every blemish, looking at you naked and exposed. That doesn't feel that like great, hey? Now, keep your eyes closed, keep seeing yourself naked and vulnerable for the sake of exercise. Now picture God loving, caring, compassionate, So different. And we, Paul writes, uh, uh, but what we are is known to God. God knows who we are. Two reasons, because he created us and because he he set us up. He knows who we are because he has made us holy and righteous and just. We are the righteousness of God. And Paul says, I hope it is also known to you who you are. When we start to understand the Father and who He is, it it dramatically changes our the way we see ourselves. We are. Put your hand on your heart. I am the righteousness of God. Come on. Which leads me to. Yes, it worked. Verse, two, uh, verse 12, again, we are not taking an opportunity to brag, but giving you information that will enable you to be proud of us and to answer those who esteem outward appearances while well, looking what is at the heart. This is Passion Translation. If we are out of our minds in a blissful divine ecstasy, it is for God. But if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. When we realize what God has done for us and who He is, we cannot help but just lose our minds this part of this letter paul is writing in defense of his ministry and what he what he's been building because his opposition were accusing him of just being nuts like how can you how can you be a truly anointed apostle if you if you're not in your right mind and if you're all the suffering he's saying we 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 what did he say here? We're out of our mind. If we are out of our minds in a blissful divine ecstasy, it is for God or because of him. But if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. It wouldn't help for me to be up here reeling on the floor, not communicating well. And it is very difficult to try to take all of this and it takes a huge amount of effort when we're prepping to consolidate this and when God, is so good. There was, there's so much stuff I want to share. So much. It's a never-ending amount of goodness. But I, ha- I have to be in my right mind, and we have to be in our right minds when we are loving on people. There's, there's a, a really great word, drunctional. You know, we are drunk and intoxicated and in absolute ecstasy in God and of what He's done. But we need to be functional, we can't, not for relevance sake, but we can't be relevant and approachable to people if we're out of our minds the whole time. Bruce of the Spirit, self control. Okay. You guys are good. Yes, it is hot in here, man. If anyone wants to sponsor air conditioning, that'll be great. Or oh, an ice bath. Christ. Um, For it is Christ, verse 14, it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us. Christ compels us. That is why we do this. We do this because we understand or we are realizing Christ in us and his love for us. We don't come here to Hillside and build a church where we're just ministering to each other the whole time. We come here, we equip each other we remind ourselves of the goodness of the Father so that wherever we are in our workplace changing nappies fixing cars doing whatever painting teaching we can display and communicate the love of God effectively. Right? Yes. Preach it Luke. Luke. <laughs> I'll encourage myself. Fuels made of, the, the passion translation here uh, for it is Christ's love that fuels and our passion and motivates us is a very kind way of putting it. The word there is sin echo, sin echo, which our word echo comes from. But it is to be seized or compelled, urged, overwhelmed, or completely dominated. I am completely overwhelmed and urged by Christ's love. Okay? Is because we have concluded, so the verse carries on, because we have concluded, we have realized this, that one Christ, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And those who live may, might, might no longer live for themselves, but for him. That is You guys are even, your brains are either frying or, like, we don't understand this. That died, a Christ, one person died for all. Through one man, sin entered humanity, Adam. Jesus, the Christ, the incarnate God, comes, enters into humanity, the second Adam, first born of the new creation, and he redeems us all. We get so caught up on Adam We don't give enough credit to Jesus. We get so caught up on that sin and works and sinful flesh and all that stuff, yes, but we forget and we don't put enough emphasis on Jesus Christ, one, the God-man, the God-man, fully God, fully man, enters humanity, dies our death, and saves us all. Come on, let's get an amen here, hey? This is good stuff. Good stuff. Can you not but be compelled? What have we done to save ourselves? Uh, Hold on. About that much. That much. It is all God. All God. All Christ firstborn of all creation, Ephesians uh, 14 in the ESV, for the love of God controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died, and he died for all, that those who might no longer live for themselves, but for them who, who for their sake died and was raised, and he died for all, that those who might no longer live for themselves, okay, verse 16, from now on, Therefore, because of this, because he has died for all, because of this revelation, because of this realization, say, because of this. Okay, every time I say, therefore, you say, because of this. Therefore, we regard, because of this, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded flesh according, we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. And we, thus, and we regard him thus no longer. How did regarding Christ to the flesh work out? We killed him. The religious systems have this idea of God. Jesus comes to reveal the Father. Jesus doesn't fit the picture that mankind had created of God. So they said, no way, Jose," and they killed him. that's heavy huh but we now see Jesus knew that he knew we were going to murder him but he stepped down into our humanity into our frailty into our weakness into our he meets us where we at say fine take it but you know what you're going to kill me and i am going to just jump inside of you right there meet you there I'm not that I'm this and I'm not here to dominate I'm not here to do this and that but I will submit myself in humility and other giving love so that you may come to know me and he, he was raised from the dead and he raised us with him isn't that good doesn't that compel us hey We are in Christ. You are a new creation, right? ESV, verse 16, from now on. So now, now that we know that that, uh, He died for us, for all, and we we no longer regard anyone to flesh, according to the flesh. From now on, knowing this, therefore, we regard... Therefore, what are we supposed to say? There we go. We regard no one according to the flesh. Um, sorry, I'm repeating myself here. Even though we once regarded Christ according to flesh, we no longer regard him as no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I love the scripture because. That word, if, over there, if, if you are in Christ. Verse 14, 15, 16 is setting us up, saying we are in Christ, correct? So, the if there not conditional. It's, it's not if we are in Christ. It's conclusional. It's inclusional, saying now that we are in Christ, we need to understand that we are a new creation, we're good, right? This is compelling. We are a new creation. What have I done so far to become a new creation? Nothing. This is how good the Father is. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, And because of Him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Ephesians 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Put your hand on your heart. Say, I am in Christ. Look at the person next to you. You are too. Hey? Think about that. It is so good. Compelling? Yes? No? Very compelling. Very, very compelling. So good, Luke. Yes. So good, Luke. All this, verse 18, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. Okay? And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We have... A, being reconciled to God, and I'm going to keep saying these things because we need to get it into our noggins, and he gave us the same ministry of reconciliation. That is our mandate. Go out, make disciples of, you know, go cast out, the, cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. That is part of the ministry of reconciliation. All of it. That is what we have been given, Okay? I'm losing myself here. uh, And that is, so the ministry of reconciliation is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world, sometimes translated as the cosmos, which is, what is the cosmos? Everything, everything. God was in Christ reconciling the cosmos to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. We've been reconciled to God long before we even realized it. And we get to come and we get to share with people and help them awaken and realize that they are in Christ. It's like, wake up. You are in Christ, and you are in Christ, and oh, wake up, you are in Christ, and you are in Christ, and you are in, we're all in Christ. It's scriptural. That's so good. Think about that. What have you done to get into Christ? What have you done? A whole lot of nothing. That's what we've done. And that is a whole lot of good, a whole lot of good. We didn't have to kill 10 pigeons and four gazelle and make all these sacrifices. Because Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for all time, beginning to end. He entered, I'm telling you again, into humanity, into our sinful nature. He took on our Our whatever we are. Remember last year I spoke about socks, the human condition. He took on our human condition. He pulled us into his death with him. He raised us up with him. That is good news. That is ultimate good news. He is far better than we could ever think or imagine. This is what drives us. This is why we do this. This is why we love people. This is why we go out and we heal the sick, drive out the demons, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. This is why we go out and make disciples of all the nations. This is why. This is why we can be movement maniacs. This is why we are just because God is so good. So good. I never want to introduce another person to a not good God who doesn't see us as holy and righteous and just. It's just very unhelpful. We have to get the image we have of God in our minds right. And how do we do that? Just understanding God's goodness. Just basking just in His goodness. What have you done? What have you done? Oh, you've done this and you've done that. And oh my gosh, I can't contain myself. I've got to tell people. And even if you don't tell people, it comes out in the way we live. Because when we start living Understanding that we have been reconciled to God, that we are His righteousness, and we are, you know, pe- people, just, people just flock to you. I love that story that Jane shared about the crystal guy. Hey, so, so often we'll be like, oh no, why are we praying for new agey, crystal stuff? It's like, well, didn't Jesus meet us where we're at? Didn't Jesus in the parables meet people where they were at? That is what we do, and that is how Jane showed the love of the Father through praying with a guy to find his precious crystal. Find your, yes, cool, let's, let's pray that your crystal comes around, but you know what? I know the person who made the crystal, and he's far greater than the crystal. He loves you more than the crystal. So good, guys. This is who we are and what we do. We are compelled by the love of Christ. And He is far better than we could ever think or imagine. Never, ever try to overestimate God. We underestimate him so much. And I want to encourage us to, to really ask God to show him your goodness. I mean, to show you his goodness. I did that on purpose. Verse 20. Now, therefore, now because of this, because of that, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God is, is imploring, he is He is drawing people in through you. Christ in me, the hope of glory. The hope of the knowledge of God. So, that's pretty much what I wanted to say. But I want to encourage you that you don't have to quit your job, go to seminary, for 17 years, and then become a minister of reconciliation. Right now, right here, in whatever state you're in, you are a minister of reconciliation. Because there's nothing we have to do to be that. And I want to encourage you, wherever you find yourself, whether you're changing nappies, whether you're teaching, whether you're sweeping the floor or cleaning toilets, or a CEO of a major company, I don't care. Wherever you find yourself, just be you and just ask God to show you how to display His love. Okay. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful Sunday. Cool. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear your story if you've been encouraged by this episode. You can connect with us on Facebook or leave a review on our podcast.